Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Eddie and Matt Outkick Their Coverage. Today we'll be giving our reaction to the NFC South Draft. So we're going to start off with the Buccaneers of Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm focusing on their round one pick out of LSU, the linebacker Devin White. The NFL.com comparison with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Miles Jack. If he'll be half as good as him, he'll be alright. Uh, the things I noticed about his player, he was quick to recognise what's happening. Uh, he's not fooled by misdirection. He's decent enough in pass coverage, but he didn't really see a lot of it. Um, he excels for me in run defence. Uh, cuts off the point of attack quickly. Uh, gets into the backfield okay. He can disrupt play action and just normal handoffs. Uh, but struggles against the better offensive line. When he played Alabama, he seemed to struggle to get in the backfield, but managed to stop the run well. Uh, so he's got, still got a little bit of room to improve in. Uh, Ed? Yeah, um, as you said... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting Devin White in the first round, pick number five. I think everyone knew what was going to happen. I think he was selected to replace Quan Alexander, who's moved on to the San Francisco 49ers. The main issue that Quan Alexander had was his, his health. He was injured quite a lot. I think that will have probably made them look to someone who's not had any injury issues. Devin White coming in now. He were initially a running back at LSU, but swapped over to defence. And as Matt said, he's a fantastic run defender. He's incredibly athletic. He was the fastest linebacker at the NFL Combine. He was probably, in, well, he is, in my opinion, the best linebacker in the draft. The only place I do think he does get a little bit lost is in coverage. And at the odd time, he doesn't dissect the play or read the play quite so well. And I think that'll be improved while he's in the NFL because he's going to be working under Todd Bowles at the Tampa Bay along with Bruce Arians who's going to improve the defense. I think it's Todd Bowles. He's going to improve the defense and he's worked really well with defensive backs already. He had uh, a fantastic um, safety while they were at the Jets who we managed to uh, turn into probably a top three safety. And he's also quite good at taking mascots out, but his name escapes me. Matt, would you give me a hand here? The safety from the New York Jets. The Bevis? No, name was Connell. Expert NFL analyst here. <laughs> the Eddie and Matt outkick the coverage podcast. As the name suggests, we are outkicking our coverage. Yes, uh, quite far. It'll come to me, and then I'll randomly mention it. And then Probably that, later on. That three podcasts down the road, and just yeah. burnt his name out. Just wait till podcast number eight. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's here to replace Quinn Alexander. He's incredibly athletic. His athletic ability is, you know, off the charts. I think most people had him ranked in their top 10 on the big boards. A lot of people had him ranked in the top 5, and that is where he was taken, number 5 by the books. Clear replacement for Quan Alexander. I think he's going to be a hit. He seems to have his head screwed on. He was a leader on the field, he was a leader off the field. No real injury concerns, and just a great pickup for him. I think he's going to, he's going to do extremely, extremely well. Uh, round 2, 3, and 4, what I did notice with the books is they just decided to shore up their secondary and it was just in cornerback, cornerback and safety but versatile. The round two pick was Sean Bunting, a cornerback out of central Michigan and the things that he has going for him is he's got great length, he's got good range, he's very athletic, he works best in his own scheme. Um, man to man he would have a little bit of trouble but like I say really good in his own scheme which I think that's what they'll probably r run because it'll obviously help him and work to his strengths the negative i do have on him is he's quite poor in run support which 
and I've mentioned this previously, it's you need to have someone who can help against the run in the NFL at the minute because there's teams like the Patriots that are going to run the ball down your throat. And although in this division they don't seem to have a tremendous amount of running it running uh, attacks, the Panthers have a quarterback who'll run in uh, Cam Newton. They have Christian McCafferty, who's an elite all-purpose running back, and then there's Alvin Kamara, who's exactly the same. And as which has been, it's been mentioned in NFL circles that the Atlanta Falcons really want to run the ball. We'll discuss more about that later on, but this is a reason why you need people who can help in run defense, who are good tacklers, and that is one knock I would have on Sean Bunting. The second player is Jamal Dean. Um, he's out of Auburn. Again, he's long and he's really strong. He's got really good strength. He ran a 4-3 at the Combine, which is elite speed, which you will need in the NFL. Why um, you then? Well, almost as fast, I would say. It's very, very close. The one knock on him, um, and it's a big knock to be fair, is that he has he needs to develop, but the main issue is injuries. He's had three seasons that have been ended by injury leading up from high school, and they're all to do with his knees, which is very worrying for someone with the... the uh, talents and traits that this guy has if he's having problems with his legs and his knees already it might not hold up in the NFL and the third defensive back so this defensive backfield is com- going to be completely rehauled which they did need after last season exactly they were being destroyed uh, Mike Edwards um, who can play almost anywhere from Kentucky he's really versatile he's played in nickel he's played outside corner he's played safety the one thing that I didn't notice about him is that he's a ball hawk. He's always going towards, like, going to try and get the ball. He, keep, he keeps his eye on the ball pretty well. Um, he bl- he blitzed really well in college. He got in the backfield a lot. He had 20-plus um, tackles for loss while he was there. In the in the time he spent at Kentucky, he never missed a game. So, he's, you know, he's durable. Um, he's, he's a little bit small, which affects his range for someone who's playing in the position he's going to be playing, which in the NFL will most likely be safety. Um, he wants to be aggressive in run support, but again, due to his size, which affects his range, it'll also affect his ability to get in there and hit the bigger backs because he could hurt himself. Yeah. Um, and then in round five, they selected a kicker uh, from Utah <laughs> called Matt Gay. Um, yes, I am a grown man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> grow up, everybody. Grow up. Yeah. Stop laughing. The main reason um, I bring it up is because the books actually famously drafted. A player called Aguayo in a previous draft who was a massive bust. He missed some absolute sitters. Uh, but the thing that can be said about Matt Gay is he's uh, at 40 yards, he's fantastic. But even at 50, at 50 plus yards, he's got a 72% uh, completion rate for field goals, which is pretty impressive. Um, they do still have Cairo Santos, who had a pretty decent season last season. But if they th- feel like Gay can be an upgrade, then they're going to get him in. Bruce Arians has actually been here to say, we need to score points. And if he feels that Gay is going to be a person who can do that, then it's a good enough reason to get him in. But yeah, that, that my thoughts on the Bucks draft is basically they've shored up the middle as well as well as they can with a fantastic first round pick. And then they've just got boom, 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 picked up defensive back, uh, back pieces who they think have got high upside and decent ability to start pretty early. And they've been quite savvy as well. They've picked up the majority of the defensive players have picked up a, a good against a run in a division that's going to have sticking the ball down your throat. Jamal Lewis? 
Or is that not the guy? The no, he's playing safety. The Ravens, isn't he? Yeah, running back, won't he? Yeah. Yeah. I can't for life for me remember this safety. I know it. <laughs> Sorry about this, guys. It's just, it's really uh, annoying me. I have to go for some uh, some classic filler again. This time I'm going to do a little dance. Just watch everybody. <laughs> you dance to me. You crack on. <laughs> yeah, no. It can't be helped, man. Sometimes. I do, I do recall him. Uh, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. What, Jamal? What happened there? Yeah, congratulations. He's just, you know, wrong side of the ball, wrong division. But apart from that, you nailed it. <laughs> wrong generation. <laughs> right, is that you done for the books, mate? It is, yeah. Okay, then we shall move swiftly on to the uh, the Atlanta Falcons. I've uh, gone a bit lazy and gone after the, uh, the round one pick, the, uh, the guard, Christopher Lindstrom, at Boston College. Uh, we've we'll just been watching a bit of tape on him. He's a big, strong fella, which is what you want from an offensive lineman. Uh, he was a standout from Boston College's offensive line, which isn't saying that much. There are a couple of guys that were all right, but he was he was a star on the line for me. Um, played really well against Christian Wilkins uh, when they played against Clemson. He was better out of his three points down, we noticed, than out of his two points down. When he was out of his two points down, he looked really vulnerable. Uh, get round him, push him over. When he's in, when he was in his three, he gets hands up faster, he got his hands inside better. Uh, Notice he was a mauling run blocker and solid in pass protection, but nothing really to worry about. Uh, I reckon he's going to be starting for the Falcons because they need to protect Matt Ryan. Ed, yeah, again, round one, Chris Lindstrom, offensive guard out of Boston College. I mean, some people have knocked it, saying that, oh, what are you doing taking a guard? This eye, it seems to be an old. NFL cliche, you should, you should only take offensive linemen like tackles that early because they're the ones who make the big money and who protect the quarterback the most. But without the game being played at the minute, there's a lot of interior pressure coming through towards quarterbacks. So to shore that up just makes sense. I think it's a smart move. Um, upon watching him, I'd, I'd have to say I think he's going to be straight into the starting lineup. Yeah. He's he, While he were playing at Boston College, it's a really run-heavy offense. Um, so... I mean, if you watch him, he's strong at the point of attack. He's sturdy. He's got decent hand movement, and his his foot movement are in sync. He can create movement in the backfield. He he gets after the linebackers, as Matt's mentioned. He plays nasty. He's got good grip. He's got good strength. I mean, all the tools you'd want from a guard. And he's played for four years as a starter. And his recognition now is he can read what's happening with the players, and he can pick up blitzes, and he does it really well. We, I mean, we watched him against Clemson, the national champions, and what he did up against uh, Christian Wilkins for most of that game were really impressive. I think the main knocks on him is he hasn't um, played a lot of passing downs, which no. he'll be doing a lot more at the Falcons with having Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, you know, um, Mohamed Sanu, Austin Hooper, and Calvin Ridley all in the offense. You're going to utilize players like that. as well. The uh, the British tight end. Yeah, so you've got a lot of players who you're going to be having to throw the ball to, so he's going to have to get you know used to that. But I do think he's going to be a, a very good one uh, day one starter. He could eventually be a Pro Bowler. I mean, you don't pick someone in that position without being pretty sure about them. There's, there's a lot of guys you can sorry just cutting a lot of guys you can watch who play the offensive line. If they don't play at the whistle. They'll they'll sort of let the ribbit a little bit lazy, a little bit idle, and they'll, they'll clean, lean off a block. But he's get not not one of them players that'll lean off his block. He will. Keep blocking till after the final whistle, till after the black refs have blown the whistle. As you can see, we're quite impressed with this guy. Yeah. What am I doing? You know, going somewhere else? Maybe it's second round, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, the next first round pick. Can't have them all. <laughs> the next one, well, they can't have anyone. I wanted apparently. <laughs> um, the next uh, round one pick as the uh, 
traded up to and giving away their second and third round pick for this young man is the Caleb McGarry, an offensive tackle out of Washington. Um, uh, I'm not overly impressed with this, to be honest with you. I mean, he's got some athletic gifts. He's quick enough. He can deliver a good punch at um, you know the, the start of blocks, but he just he seems like you know he doesn't seem to like he can blow him back early on, but after a while it just seems to lose a bit of that luster, a bit of that strength. Um, a lot of scouts were underwhelmed by McGarry's play, and a lot of it's due to his footwork and his hand play. Like his technique seems to be really, really below the level that he needs to be. I mean, you're hoping that NFL coaches will you know feel like they can get him built up and help him so hopefully the Falcons aren't picking him up expecting him to be a day one starter and come in there and play fantastic football because he looks like he's got a long way to go um, I'm not too sure he's going to be able to pick up so much of these things he seemed to struggle against um, people who lined up a bit wider you know people had a bit more speed and he hasn't played a lot of speed rushes and when he did play him he you know I, I'm not he didn't really handle them that well and I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that in the NFL because it's going to be at least you know, two times quicker, the defences are going to be much more complex, much faster, and it could really show him up. I'm hoping if his athletic ability will, you know, help him to mask some of his deficiencies, but he's a high-development player, and to be honest, to give up a second and a third for him, I think it could be a bit of a mistake, to be honest with you. Uh, round four, they picked up Kendall Sheffield, a cornerback out of Ohio State. The first thing I think about with Kendall Sheffield is his speed. He's just fast. He's so so fast, but it's that it's not all fun and games. He's not the he's not got that competitive toughness that you want. Um, it's been called into question quite a lot. He's not very well coordinated with his feet or his hands. You know, he's he's not doesn't seem to have the best hand skills. He's not catching balls out of the air. He's not plucking them out. Um, there's a few you know gimmies that he should have had really. But again, he's another development project. They've got some decent players in the backfield if they stay fit. But I think, again, he could eventually be a great island corner with his athletic ability. If they can work on his footwork, they can work on his hand skills. It could end up being a fantastic pick. But in round four, to pick up a development cornerback, I think Kendall Sheffield's decent enough. But at the minute, I don't think he's going to contribute much to your team. Uh, in round five, they picked up a running back, Quadre Olison, out of Pittsburgh. He's a pure power runner. He's six foot two and weighs two hundred twenty-five pounds. It's a dream, isn't it? <laughs> and he, he ran a four-five-eight at the combine, which is pretty fast for a guy that big. Um, he's not—he's not got, not got a lot of finesse. He's not very agile, but he's going to be a hammer. He's going to come straight at you, and you're not going to take him down with arm tackles. You're going to have to throw your body into him to get him down. Um, is, I don't think he's going to be brought in to be like you know the every down back starter. He was just going to be there for you know any sort of play. He's going to be in there as a compliment to the players they've already got. He's going to be that guy who, when you need someone to just wear their front line down of the defence a little bit. And, you know, if he can get into a backfield, he's not going to get stopped by the defensive backs. The safeties are going to have a bit of a struggle to hit him. The one good thing for the safeties is he doesn't seem to have explosion. But one thing he does have is that little bit of a second gear. He does maintain his speed as he goes on. He does manage to just take it up a little notch he's not going to just blow you out of the water but his speed does pick up um, he's a bit limited like say with agility and his wiggle but if he's just in between the tackles one of them that's exactly what you want he, he could be a workhorse back eventually but I think he's just going to be like say used to complement the players he already have like E.O. Smith 
I mean, the way the league's going, though, it is running back by committee, isn't it? it with, is. with the exception of a couple of standout guys like uh, Saquon, maybe Zeke. Um, I'm trying to think. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Uh, he was in a committee, though, with Mark Ingram, but Mark Ingram's now the Ravens, isn't he? Yeah. But they, like you say, you look at the Ravens, and they've now got Gus Edwards. They drafted Justice Hill and they've got uh, Mark Ingram. That's three backs with three different abilities. Yep, and it's turned to run first um, league. And uh, who was the head of that spear? Oh, hang on. It was the bloody Patriots, weren't it? That's, <laughs> that's what it could be next season. All this season, it's been all about passing. And next season, people have seen what the Patriots have done when they've got into the, the, you know, the nitty-gritty of it and they've run the ball well. But it's like, say, if you look at teams at the beginning of every season, ball's getting thrown everywhere. When it starts to get cold... And the ball's not flying how you want it to turn. It's the receivers are finding it tougher to catch. That's when you're going to stick your head down and run. Would not surprise me next season to see the Patriots spread it out and pass the ball around just to throw everybody off again. Yeah, because that's what, what they do well. Team. Yeah, that's what they do well. Again, though, I think the Falcons have got all the ability in the world to be able to do something similar to get these different running backs in and just complement the play. Run, pass, run, pass. It, it could be great for them. Cool, right, is that you done with the... Uh, yeah, that's me, Jonathan. Right, cool, we'll move on to the... Uh, no tangents this time. <laughs> we'll move on to the uh, the Carolina Panthers. I've looked at their round two pick out of Old Miss. Uh, Greg Little, the offensive tackle. And the Panthers, for me, have got a starter here, I think. Um, he's a big, solid guy in the run and pass pro with the ability to... to he has the ability to be a bit lazy, though, as I mentioned before. Uh, if there's nobody to block in his uh, assigned zone or on his rush assignment... He won't go looking for someone else to block. He'll just sort of stop and watch the play. Um, he he's good against uh, power and speed for me. Like we watched him against uh, was it Clemson? We watched him against yeah yeah, and he he, he could hold it on against a power rusher or a speed rusher. Well, yeah. His footwork was good. He kept his hands inside. The Panthers just need to work on him playing the whistle, and I think they've got a proper diamond there round two. Um, but yeah, that's my. My look at him. You may notice I, I go for a lot of offensive linemen for some strange reason. I've got an affinity with them. Um, okay, Ed, you want to get was your better on the Panthers? Yeah, I'll uh, happily begin. Round one, they took Brian Burns, an edge defender out of Florida State. Um, this could be a great value pick, and to say that it was it were in the top fifteen. Um, I know some say oh, it would be only deemed a top ten. It's not that big of a value, but. What he could contribute to the Panthers could be fantastic. I mean, I think there's all but the potential in the world. Um, had a great last year at Florida State, and he showed what he were all about. The biggest flaw in his game is his size, which obviously leads to power. He's a little bit smaller, a little bit thinner, but he did gain weight before the draft, as he was advised to, but he didn't lose any of his athleticism. He was still really athletic. He ran really well in the in the 40. You know, all, all the drills, his footwork was still pretty good. Um... He's got a decent first step, but it's not like the fastest first step. But what he does bring with, with his game is he's got great hand technique and he's got a full array of pass moves, you know, spin moves, swim move, he's swat you out of ways. He's got all different... He's got um, some tricks in his locker. Oh, yes, yeah. He's, he's got every trick in his locker by the looks of him. And he seems to come with a great plan every time. He recognises what the de- the offensive line's doing or the offence itself's doing and what he can do best and what will give him the best opportunity to make a play and to get after the quarterback and that's exactly the type of person you want a smart player who's still got the athletic athletic gifts you don't want a guy utilize. you don't want a guy that's kind of like oh plan A is not working I'll try plan A again yeah you don't want a guy oh I'm strong so what I'll do is I'll keep 
you know, banging my head into yeah. it. Yeah. This guy comes in with, you know, an idea of what he needs to do and then a, a plan A, plan B, plan C, you know, and he's going to run through them all to get to the chance to make the plays and I think he's going to he's going to be a starter, I think, and he could make a huge impact on him um, from the start and the defence does need a bit of a lift. He's getting a little bit older. There are parts of it that are quite weak that let him down last season but he could be a tremendous hit. Um, round two, Greg Little, offensive tackle, I almost as Matt mentioned. Um, I'm erming. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> the Panthers gave up two picks to move up to get Greg Little. Um, he was in talks to be a first round tackle. He's a big guy. He's six five, three twenty five, um, but he's quite quick. If um, if you watch him on tape, he's he's got light feet. He can move about. He's not going to run a forty in you know less than four or five, but he's nimble. He's got great natural length, which he utilises really well against speed rushes. You know, he can screen people off, can block people pretty well. He's naturally really, really strong, which shows up on tape, as Matt was saying. His technique's not the best, but there's room for improvement. And his his balance can be a little bit compromised um, due to his technique at times. He can... A lot of it, so special awareness, isn't it? Because yeah. we'll take the, the tape we watched, the one time he looked like he was in trouble, he chipped over one of his own players. So he needs to watch out for flipping on his own guard or, or his own centre because that's what happened. Yeah, he's, he throws his own base off at times as well by not using the right moves at the right time. Um, it's going to either be a tremendous failure or a great success with him. I think he's either going to be an absolute you know, class player who's going to be tremendous consistently or he's just going to flop. And like Matt was mentioning, he does take players off. He does come across as a little bit lazy at times. And if those sh- shine through now, it's just going to absolutely kill his game and he's, he's going to end up being a flop, which I hope not for him. Sorry, guys, I had to take a drink there. <laughs> In round three, uh, the Panthers took Will Greer, quarterback out of West Virginia. Will Greer was selected mainly, in my opinion, because they saw what happened to Cam Newton at the end of last season. They saw that he's not invincible, that he can pick up injuries. And you can't really pick up another Cam Newton. You, you, there's, there's one Cam Newton, there's only ever been one Cam Newton, and when he's out, you need to change your game plan. You can't do what you were doing with Cam Newton. And Gray's... Apparently, he was seen by the Panthers as a round one quarterback. They saw him as a top, like one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. It's not an opinion that's been shared by many, but a lot of people really liked him. But one thing I didn't notice is he's really efficient. He's got a quick release. Um, he had a decent enough year for West Virginia. The one issue he does have is his deep balls quite inconsistent. He doesn't have the most arm strength. Um, he's, he's a little bit undersized weight-wise and height-wise. He does need to thicken up for coming into the NFL, I do believe, because it, some of the guys are going to be coming at you to hit you. He could be in some serious trouble. Um, if he builds on his frame, he might be able to be a successful backup. But as I said earlier, I think he's going to be the type of guy who's going to come in and they're just going to want him to move the chain. They're not going to expect him to win games. They're just going to want him to move the ball down the field and just keep the keep them on the field um, a you little bit longer. You can't do anything about his height, can you? But you can always work on his strength and conditioning and get exactly, yeah. into a, a larger frame, which is, like I say, if we're playing quarterback in the NFL at the moment, you need to be a, a big, strong guy. Yeah. 
Um, the, like the main differences between Cam and Will, I mean, the, the polar opposites in a lot of ways. Cam's huge. He's really got great mobility. He's linebacker a, size, isn't he? he really, is. yeah. He's got um, a tremendous power in his arm, but his release isn't as quick as Greer's. Greer's quick. He's going to get the ball out fast. He's going to, like, say, move the chain and move it down. He could be utilised. Uh, he could be used to utilise Christian McCaffrey as well as anyone. He, he could be a great tool for him. But we'll just have to see what happens. But like I say, I think he's just a little bit of insurance at quarterback. But that's all I had up Panthers. I didn't really go too deep into him. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough, mate. Okay, we shall move on now to the New Orleans throw over Teddy out the Cotters. I mean Saints. Um, it was definitely pass interference. I don't know what you think. Um, well, <laughs> like it wasn't called, was it? It wasn't called pass interference. It's no, just it wasn't called. Apparently, we'll that's just what happens. Yeah, deal with it, lads. Unfortunately. Uh, it's uh, what's your favourite chocolate bar? Mine's a bounty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I choke on bounties. Um, right, okay. Uh, the Saints fleeting, fleeting back to reality. Um, I looked at Eric McCoy, the centre at Texas A&M in the in Texas A&M. Sorry, in round two. Uh, decent vision, good decision making. He picks the right opposition, opposition to tackle to block. Sorry, um, you see a lot of guys like we mentioned before with Gray Little. He sort of um, didn't, and if there wasn't someone in his zone or on his pattern to block, he wouldn't block. Whereas McCoy will go looking for the right person to block. The player, the whistle guy, which I've got a massive fan of, uh, gets stuck into linebackers. In screen passes, you go see him chasing down uh, defensive backs, which is always fun to watch a, a 280 plus pound plus uh, offensive lineman chasing a, well, basically, it's a couple of sticks of celery. Uh, I think he had strength to an already stronger Saints offensive line. Uh, Ed, crack on. Again, I'll be starting with the player Matt uh, centred, or highlighted even. Eric McCoy, centre at Texas A&M. In my opinion, he's the second best centre in the draft. I'll give you three guesses who I think the best centre in the draft was. He's got great ability in the zone scheme. He's really eager in the run game, which... Is fantastic now, as we were mentioning earlier about the, coming into the NFL. He's been drafted by a team that's going to utilise those abilities as well. He's been brought into the Saints. I honestly believe he's going to be a day one starter to replace Max Unger, who recently retired. He's going to come in, he's going to start, and he's going to do a really good job uh, in the Saints' offensive line to create space for Alvin Kamara. He must be chomping at the bit now. I know he's had a great centre in front of him already, but you've got a young, hungry guy, probably going to be a bit more durable than Max Unger was. Um, he's got one thing I notice is he's got really good initial power and he sends defenders back most of the time um, his, his best ability though is in space run blocking um, it, it's just you, you see like the how much he generates how much space he generates and how he can like you say can get into the backfield he can move linebackers that way he can get between the defensive line and people who can do things like that especially for the Saints who've got a lot of weapons coming in it's just going to be Fun all day for for those running backs. Yep, Alvin Kamara's got a new uh, lead blocker by the look of it. Exactly. In the next pick that they had, as they traded up for Eric McCoy, they traded up to get to that position in round two. So the next pick was in round four. Uh, they selected Chauncey Gardner Johnson as safety out of Florida. A steal in fourth round. It's only way of saying it. He could be the steal of the draft. He's got great versatility. Can play anywhere in the backfield. He has done before. He's, he's played all over his, his speed's really good he can compete in man-to-man coverage because of it he's played nickel corner which means he's had a lot of collisions 
Um, he's not been shook by any of these. He's, he's not been had loads of injuries or anything. He's got excellent vision, really good range, and he, he's really smart at getting ahead of blocks and getting behind people. Um, he's massively improved his tackling from 2017 to 2018 because it was pretty poor. It had been highlighted how poor his tackling was, so he came in and he's really worked on it. And it's going to be a massive boost for his NFL career. I think he's going to start as a safety for them. So in round two and four, I think the, the Saints have got two new stars who both could have gone in first round and who both could be in Pro Bowl next year. They they could be tremendous. I hope not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what could happen. Uh, and then in round six, they picked up Saquon Hampton, a safety out of Rutgers. Uh, adding depth to its safety position, which they did need to. They, they were pretty light there. Um, it was the MVP for Rutgers last season. Um, he played at a team captain, and he'll most likely be on special teams for the the Saints. But he's not going to be a day one starter, on, you know, on defense. He's 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 not got the most amazing gifts, but he's the ideal height and weight. Uh, he ran a sub four five forty. He's played in both safety positions. He's played free safety and strong safety. Uh, he's played at nickel at times. So it could be a useful, you know, if there's an injury or anything like that, being brought in just, you know, on shot for like little little parts in each game. It could be used as a tool and that, that type a of thing. A situational player. Yeah. Okay. I can't see him being a regular starter without development. Um, the big question that you have is that he's had injuries in both shoulders, which is a massive ne- uh, negative for someone who's going to be playing at safety because you're going to be getting into a lot of tackles. You're going to be using your shoulders to do that. So there could be, you know... It, there could be more injuries. He does get a little bit apprehensive at times when he's coming into tackles, and you don't know if that's a mental thing. And coming into NFL, it's a major issue if he's worried about making a tackle because he could get injured. But yeah, that, that was another limited re, uh, limited uh, rundown on the draft for Saints. They didn't really have many more picks. And no offence to any of their players, but I, didn't, I wasn't really that interested in any of the stories or breaking them down. But... I can't really knock the Saints draft. I think they've done pretty well. I mean, just with Chancey Gardner-Johnson and Eric McCoy, they're two massively good pickups. You can't really grumble. No. Anything else, Matt? No, I think that's about it, buddy. Uh, right, well, I'm right. going to tell you about my perfect Sunday. <laughs> There's a Calvary involved. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, if you want to give us a, a subscribe on iTunes, you, can, you know what to do. Just press the subscribe button. Uh, we appreciate you listening. We've got uh, the mailbag coming up in a couple of weeks' time. The email address, if you would like to get a question in, is eddieandmattoktc at gmail.com. And we will see you guys next time. If you don't want to subscribe, you know what you are. <laughs>